listening to Natural Magic, written and narrated by Molly Sturgis. As she left her fabric magic class on Wint Day, Ion walked with a spring in her step. They had spent the day parsing out different types of cotton. Why start with cotton? A girl on Ion's left with russet brown skin shook out her hair, which fell nearly to the floor. Cotton is common, right? The girl paused and looked around the room, likely noting the linen and wool shirts of many of her classmates. At least, it is on the minor continent. You're correct, Miss Rolil. Cotton is common, if less so on the major continent, where it wasn't used for several centuries. It's also typically easy for beginners. Another student raised a hand. But only certain types of cotton are easy, aren't they? I mean, if you've never used a sewing machine before, you probably don't want your first project to be denim or knit. Huh? This is true. Though the popularity that Miss Rolil pointed out has also made it versatile. Whatever project you may be working on, it's likely you can use some type of cotton. Ion loved that Mr. Depping always found value in the answers his students offered. Still, she raised her hand tentatively, and he nodded to her. Cotton is not only the most widely worn fabric because it's readily available. I mean, there are some religious groups that exclusively wear cotton. She glanced around the room, half expecting the other students to sneer at her for being a know-it-all. No one did. The girl with the long hair gave her a thoughtful glance. Mr. Depping smiled at her. Hmm, very astute, Miss Tain. Like any magical working, it is important to keep in mind who will be using your creations, and this may affect your fabric choices. We'll be talking more about that later in the year. They had taken extensive notes about varieties of cotton, discussing the obvious, like how to identify them and which worked better for weatherproofing or temperature control. Mr. Depping also mentioned how the different varieties could be used in less obvious magical workings, such as safety and luck. Now, you probably won't be creating works like this your first year, but we will be looking at some creations by Alice next week. Ion had a feeling she was the only student at Faraday sad to see the weekend arrive. As Ion left class, the girl with long hair found her. Hi. Ion, right? I'm Nikwe. That was smart of you to mention me. Religious day. I'm Vitu myself, but I never know if people are going to understand the all-cotton-fiber deal. Ion had guessed the girl was Vitu, based on her long hair, but didn't bother to mention it. Some people can't act very strangely about things they don't understand. Another girl in a liberty jacket came running up to them. She looked somewhat like Ki, though with lighter skin and much lighter hair. Hey, Nikwe! Oh, this is Neuler. We've been friends forever. This is Ion from my sewing magic class. The two shook hands, and then the older girls asked who Ion was eating lunch with. Before she could answer, she spotted Tilly and Ki walking near the lightning ball pitch, scanning the ground. Ion drew the other girls toward the pitch. Tilly's glasses hung on the end of her nose, and her eyes were wet. She lost her necklace, Ki said when Ion asked what was wrong. I know I put it on this morning, but I didn't have it when I got to class. Tilly's hand went up to her neck, as if she might find it there suddenly. I've looked all over the main building. I knew I should have fixed the class before I left. She said some other words in a language Ion didn't know, but she guessed their meaning. Keep it a hand out to steady her roommate. Hey, we'll find it. She said it in a surprisingly gentle manner. Look, it's hard to explain, but that necklace is really important to me. Maybe we can help you find it. What's it look like? It's bone. Bone beads, with teal lettering. Nikwe turned to Noilu. You do stone. 
You think you could do bone? It's worth a try. Doily got down on her hands and knees and closed her eyes. The other three girls watched her for a moment as she breathed in and out. Then she turned her head. She opened her eyes and pointed. I think it's over there. The five began to scan the ground in the area Noilu had pointed, but of course she picked it up first. She examined the teal paint on the beads. Pretty. What language is this? Ion had recognized the necklace when she saw Tilly wearing it on the train. She had a suspicion how Noilu and Nikwi would react if she told them the truth. She also knew Adeni would recommend against it. But she didn't have to. Ki gently took hold of the necklace. Oh, is this a Hurukui necklace? It looks like human bone. Human? Noilu dropped the necklace as if she had been scalded. Ki caught it and continued to examine the artwork on it. Then she handed it to Tilly as if she hadn't noticed the older girls running toward the cafeteria. How did you know it's human bone? Tilly asked as she accepted the necklace and fastened it around her neck. I've met a few people who use it in their bows instead of animal horn. Bows? Tilly exclaimed as Ion pulled the others toward the cafeteria. Visaji make bows with human bones? Only some of them. Besides, Hurugui have made instruments out of human bones. What's the difference? We waited until they were dead. Of natural causes. Ki looked back over her shoulder. And you think we don't? The look on Tilly's face resembled Noilu's, but she didn't run. Ki kept walking toward the cafeteria. We don't need to kill anyone. The Hurugui keep the bones of their dead. Others purposefully discard them. We just... help them. Tilly turned to Ion, who was trying to remember what cultures discarded the bones of their dead. Finally, she shrugged at Tilly. The Saju are known for sourcing... hard-to-find items. Tilly fingered her necklace. And you're not bothered by this? I grew up in Forge Card Falls. The Harugui there made buttons instead of beads. I helped them re-sew them to new clothes in exchange for fabric scraps. Also, my roommate is Harugui. Miriam? Really? I don't know for sure, but she does have a rebirth necklace she keeps in a box on her desk. You know, we could probably find a new clasp for your necklace in Shakif tomorrow. I could help you fix it. Tilly touched the necklace again. Thanks. How did tests go? Ayan said as they joined Matt at their table. I didn't make the light bulb explode this time, so I guess that's a good thing. Honestly, I think Tilly's right. I don't think she expected us to succeed, so if you did, it's all the better. That's easy for you to say. You didn't crash your plane into a wall. She said you were impressive. Matt took a bite of his chicken sandwich. Yeah, I don't think she meant it. Tilly delicately removed a slice of tomato from her own sandwich. She had chosen the vegetarian option that day, as Harugui tradition forbade anything to do with birds, who were viewed as tricksters. You crashed your plane into a wall? Now I feel better about my test. Yeah, and then Matt here landed his perfectly. Did you know he was that good? Yeah, it's annoying. Matt set down his sandwich and stabbed his rice pudding with his spoon. Actually, I cheated. Tilly's head snapped in Matt's direction. Key's jaw dropped. Ion had no idea what to say. Tilly spoke first. How do you cheat on a test like that? Matt's face turned red and he looked between the three girls. Then he shrank in his seat as he said, I use my luck. Ion couldn't help it. She burst out laughing. Tilly shook her head in exasperation and Key smacked his arm with the back of her hand. That's not cheating, dummy. 
Heck, if Miss Thielen had known you'd woven wind and luck together, she'd probably have given you extra credit. The next thing Matt said, Ion couldn't understand, though Tilly arched an eyebrow when she heard it, and Key rubbed his back. Then she cast a glance around the table and looked at Ion. Where's Miriam? I don't know, but she did mention last night that she needed to call her uncle today. Ion didn't tell them that Miriam had also mentioned Joe. She didn't feel that was her story to explain. Matt looked up from his sandwich. Long distance? That'll be expensive. I'm guessing she can afford it. Apparently he's wealthy and influential. One of those people with a finger in every pie. Matt cocked his head. Miriam's uncle makes pie? Kia held her hand up to her mouth to keep from laughing, and Matt turned a worried glance to his sister. Tilly swatted at her roommate and turned to Matt. It's a Shugbo idiom. It means he's involved with a lot of things. Oh. Zuinga uhilet inenakik. Yeah. When Tilly turned to Ion, she must have seen the confused look on her face. Johu. A log in every fire. Ion nodded. The idiom was the same in her native Ankh. Key stood up suddenly, and Matt followed her with nervous eyes. I have to go. I have to meet with a classmate. She looked at Matt. I'll catch up with you in channeling objects. Matt nodded and waved as Key picked up her tray and strode away. Ion. Matt broke the silence that followed. What's that on your cuff? Anne looked at her sleeve and then noticed, in lavender thread, she had embroidered a spiral with lines extending outward from it like a sun. Ion walked down the street with her newest scraps pressed to her chest. She had spent the day re-sewing bone art buttons in the Harugui temple and had bargained for enough fabric that she could begin her most ambitious project yet. Ion? She turned at the sound of a familiar voice and found a short, stocky woman standing behind her with a purple kerchief around her neck. I haven't seen you round here in a while. Ion held up the scraps she'd gathered, glad, at least, that she didn't have to lie. I was helping at the Harugui temple. The woman looked at a piece of torn velvet Ion held. We missed you. Ion silently cursed herself for visiting Temple Street the same day the Pelon held their service, but she'd practically forgotten when they held it. Ion had only attended a few temple services since she was caught trying to steal Adeni Deneen's necklace, and at most temples the members gave her strange looks, all too aware of the thief in their midst. She'd only maintained decent relationships with the Harugui because she'd been working with them so long, trading fabric and sewing buttons. I didn't think you'd want me back. When you give light to others, your light only grows brighter. She looked Ion up and down. How long has it been since you've eaten? Lunch. Ion had first found the temple during the year she and Leo had gone without a home, and even though Altiane had never let them go hungry, the temple matriarch still asked when she was around. She let the woman steer her back down the street to a stone building with a purple torch painted over the door. As Ion entered the building, she could smell grilling fish, probably fresh-caught. Familiar faces greeted her like an old friend, and not one of them mentioned her crime. They placed her in a seat of honor, and with the velvet in her pocket, knowing it was only days before she finished her dress, she burst into tears. It's a reminder to be a light to others. Matt blinked at her, a look of surprise on his face, so Ion explained. My brother and I didn't have a home for a while. I used to go visit the temples in Forgecard Falls, because sometimes they'd feed me. The Palan matriarch used to tell me that instead of stealing light, I should give it. So when I made my uniform for Faraday, I embroidered the Pulan sun there. Tilly leaned in to get a better look. So why is it purple? Purple is the Pulan holy color. 
Ion saw Matt's mouth crook upward slightly. You probably already knew that, Thizaju. Matt nodded. Tilly glanced at him. Why does being Thizaju mean you know? Matt explained slowly, searching for the right Shigbo words. Ion was grateful that she wasn't the only one in their group who still struggled with the language. Matt even shared her third-period intermediate Shigbo class. The Palana are a sister culture. We have a lot in common. Have you really not met any Palan in all your traveling with your parents? Tilly twirled one of her red braids around her finger. Well, it's not mom or dad's area, exactly. I've met them here and there, I guess, but I've never stopped to ask about their religion. How do you know so much? Ayan considered explaining that the Palan were one of the five founding cultures of Antaran history, but when she looked at her watch, she noticed the lunch period was almost over. Like I said, there's a lot of temples and forge card balls. They're pretty fascinating. But I'll have to tell you later. Matt and I should go to history. You have been listening to Natural Magic, written and narrated by Molly Stranges. The role of Ion was played by Brittany Nunez. Matt and Key were played by Casey Kirkpatrick and CJ Brennan. And Mr. Depping was voiced by Tristan Dusola Saunders. Music from Pixabay. Faraday Ambiance from Ambient Sound Mixer. To read more about our artists or to read this book online, find Mr. Twitch's Apprentice on Tumblr or follow the links in the show notes.